Welcome, everybody, to the Indiana Basketball Weekly Show here on the Gruley True Sports Network. Real quick, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, hit the bell notification so you get us anytime we come on. Make sure you check out BetMGM for the best bet for all your sports betting needs, especially during college basketball season. And make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Grueling Truth. But I am your co-host, Mike Goodpaster. I'd like to welcome in my other two co-hosts. We'll start off with Brian Moore. How you doing, Brian, from the Got Woods yeah. Facebook page? That's right. I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Steve will get mad if he's Steve's. Steve will get mad if he's not right next to me. We like to cuddle. <laughs> we cuddle during the show. All right, and of course, as always, 1981 national champion, a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, got his ass kicked by Aurora in 1977. Nobody was above five foot two on that team. Steve Risley, how you doing, Steve? Tim Johnson, man, I'll never. Uh, I will go to my grave with Tim Johnson on my brain. <laughs> all right guys so today not a lot going on we will touch base on what iu may or may not do with their last player their last scholarship they have available but we're going to talk today a little bit about the nil and the transfer portal and whether it's good for sports college sports whether it is good for the indiana hoosiers now july 1st which was a couple days ago marked the second anniversary of college athletes finally being allowed to monetize their name image and likeness something that literally every other person in America is allowed to do without regulation or restriction. Until a year ago, college athletes were limited to a scholarship and stipend due to the NCAA's principle of amateurism. And of course, you know, they don't pay taxes either because they're tax exempt. But basically, you were supposed to play for the love of the game and nothing more. Even while the administrators of the game turned college sports into a multi-billion dollar entertainment industry that generates over $19 billion a year for the NCAA. So when we look at the NIL over the last two years, the first question is this. Brian, is the NIL, do you think it is a good thing or a bad thing? Well, if you, if you look at it from the standpoint of players being able to earn money while they're in college. Yeah, of course it's a good thing. But I think it's a lot deeper. The problems are a lot deeper than that. I think it's it's a it's good for the kids. Um but you know the NCAA and its infinite wisdom kind of did a ready fire aim with this whole NIL program. Now they're coming back and they're starting to look at it and say, okay, well maybe we've got to right turn this pull this in. I mean you've got 25 states that have NIL laws on the books. You got 26, 27 that don't. So then you kind of, when you don't have those laws in place across the board, it creates a lot of oddities from state to state, school to school, conference to conference. It's, it's, it's very loosey goosey. That's my, my opinion. Don't you think a lot of that is why the NCAA had to do this, though, just because of the different laws in different states? Well, I think most of the schools actually, I mean, most of the states actually instituted NIL laws after the NCAA granted it. But um, so, so let's let me ask you this. I mean, in the end, is it a good thing for college sports or is it a bad thing? My perception overall, it's the way it is today is a bad thing. Okay, we'll come back to that. We'll get Steve's opinion. Steve, just sit here, give me your opinion on whether the NIL is good for college sports or bad for college sports. I think that the concept of the the, the NIL program was good. The institution of the NIL program was ill-fated. Um, I think that the if the NCAA really wanted to, to do this in the right way, they would have set regulations and rules down about making the NIL program part of a college curriculum in the sense that th these kids now are making upwards of a million dollars a year 
and yet I don't see any education going towards these kids of how to invest, diversify this money, um, put it into play. Uh, it, 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 at IU, Kelly School of Business should offer a class for nil athletes and say, here's how you take this money that Trace Jackson Davis is making or uh, Shifano is making and the new kids coming in, Galloway, whatever, and, and saying, here's how we teach you how to use this money. This could have been a really good learning opportunity for universities. But they do. I mean, because every one of these guys in the NIL, I mean, it helps athletes with financial literacy. Because now the athletes have to engage in commercial activity, sign contracts, pay taxes, make final decisions, whether to save, invest. And they all have agents that can help them do this. And I don't think this is the world where you get as many shady agents as you used to. But these are grown men. Why do you have to give them financial literacy classes? That should be done in high school, which is not done. It's not done in high school. High school, you're just trying to find a date for the senior prom. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be real about this, okay? You're not worried about nil money. You're not making that kind of money. I just, I, I think if, if I was in college or high school, I mean, my understanding is the least paid player at IU is making thirty to thirty-five thousand a year, uh, and that's the twelfth man on on IU's bench. And I, I don't don't hold me to that figure, but they're all getting paid now, um, to, to some degree. And I, I just I just see this as as a missed opportunity. But I think the NCAA realized it was losing control. The NCAA already lost control. I mean, because when you look at the NCAA, they have no control of college football anymore. I mean, that college football playoff system is not governed by the NCAA anymore. So I think but the Mike, NCAA would, is, Mike, wouldn't you say, and Brian, please jump in, that that they they realized they could not police it anymore, and, they, and the NCAA wanted to wash their hands of the cheating stuff that's going on and just said, it, fine, take the money and run. And then you have the states coming in, like California, where I live. I mean, they were one of the first states to enact uh, that, that athletes could be paid. And and how do you stop that if a state overrules? Yeah, there, there's nothing the NCAA could do here, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing they can do to govern it either because but the players could, they, they could unionize have, also. They could have, I believe, Mike, they could have retained control, Brian. They could have retained control over – classes that needed to be required for you to be involved in the middle program. Why? Because this is the thing though. If I'm working construction during the summer and it's a good construction company and I'm making $30 an hour, nobody cares whether I have financial literacy or not. So why do we care if a player does? I mean, if there is a pre-med student that all of a sudden he's a really good doctor. So some hospital offers him a bunch of money to come be a doctor for them. Nobody's going to say anything to him or probably a better example would be a, a business major who is brilliant and a company hires him before he graduates to give him, but nobody cares about that. So why do we want to take kids that a large portion of these kids have come from nothing? And yes, I believe they should give classes. But I don't think that we should make that why we don't let them have the money they deserve. Because, okay, all right. Go ahead. Look, look, Brian, let me ask you this. Mike, it's a great point. Is this a requirement or an opportunity, Brian? For what, classes or? Yeah, is it an opportunity to teach these kids who are athletes that have come into a windfall amount of money and we have an opportunity to set them up for the rest of their lives. I mean, come oh, on. I, agree. I think it is money. That's life altering money for the rest of your life. And I hate to tell you this, but even with those classes, Brian, there's a lot of people that have financial literacy classes that go belly up because they don't take care of their money and they spend it the wrong way. I don't think it is any of our business what they do with the money. 
And well, like sure. I said, the public school system is the bigger at fault. I here disagree, than Mike, but go ahead. Right. So you don't think public schools should teach all the kids how to handle their money? I well, think I that's the basic part of education. But they don't. Right. Okay, so that's the high school's job. When I get to college is to be able to get a job that I want. And let's face it, nobody gets financial literacy anymore, hardly, unless you're taking a finance class. I just don't know what financial literacy classes has to do with letting these kids get paid for their own name, image, and likeness. Brian? Well, we've gone from they're not getting paid at all to, as Steve mentioned, <clears throat> um, and I would, I would add to that, there are some guys out there that are making several million dollars a year. That is awesome, isn't it? Well, it is and it isn't. Oh, it's not? No. Look at look at what's his name? Wong from Miami. Yeah. He as much as threatened if he didn't get more NIL money, he was going to transfer. Yeah. Okay, so that's how a job works, and they're working a job. Right, they're not they're not at school to go to class. Anybody that thinks that's why they're there for the most part is freaking nuts. Hmm. Steve I mean, got you got Steve. You got your degree when you when you left IU, right? Yes, yeah, it, it, from the Kelly School of Business. Isaiah like, Thomas did. Who has more money? Isaiah went back though, didn't he? That's Isaiah went and got his degree. Yes, he yeah. did. He, he went back, and, and without went. that, Isaiah would be screwed right now. <laughs> well, the point is, then under your guys, then our this is not another version of the G League for the NBA, isn't it? I'm a big fan of capitalism. I know a lot of people aren't anymore. And I think that people should be able to earn what their name, image, and likeness allows them to earn. I'm not a big communist or socialist guy like a lot of people are nowadays, especially from liberal colleges. And no, that's not to be a smartass either. I mean, it's, it's capitalism. You're supposed to get what you earn. If Isaiah Wong wants more money from Miami, Florida, they don't want to give it to him. Isaiah Wong can go somewhere else and try to get that money. If I'm Miami, I don't care. I just take that money. I get a different player. Okay, but the other side of this coin is is that they're already getting a free education if they choose to wow. stay. Wow, and that's a great thing. You know, this is the thing. The guy who bagged my groceries at Kroger the other day has a degree. What the hell does that mean? I mean, a degree means shit okay, in so most parts. According to which, attacking hey, no, I'm attacking this. I'm attacking colleges as a Ponzi scheme. You have to, if you go to Georgetown College, an NAIA school, you're going to pay $58,000 a year. That's a joke. I could also tell you this. When Steve went to college in 1981, 1978 to 81, he got what, what he got out of it was value for what he gave. The NCAA wasn't making $19 billion then. You know, and this is the thing. If I'm a kid, it's just like I hear people bitch if somebody goes and goes to the NBA early. But if that kid stays and tears his knee up, he just loses a lot of value when he does get drafted because he has a previous injury. I don't know why, and this is how I take it, and this is not a knock on anybody that thinks this a different way, but I think this is very selfish of fans to be mad because kids are getting paid what they are worth, what they deserve. I think what happens here is a lot of people love college sports so much and they love their college so much that they think that that is the end all be all for everything. But when you go to college, you go to college to get a really good job, right? So if right. a kid leaves after one, I, I don't know why kids are not allowed or why they have to go to college for a year before they go into the NBA draft. That's communist right there. Oh, oh okay, Mike, 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 hang on just a second. First off, college is a short-term thing. It's yeah. four years, five yeah. years if you get injured. I worked for Pfizer for 25 years, and I have a nice pension. Um, you know, I do well. I get health insurance for the rest of our lives. I'm kind of like a, a senator or a congressman. I get really? paid for doing a lot of nothing. So you're right lying now. to us all the time. Uh, so, so the, the point the, the point is it's a short term thing, and if you don't invest this money, and, and I don't see it as anything more than a tremendous opportunity 
to educate these kids. Yeah, but Steve, on, they all have legal representation that makes those suggestions. And this isn't take, 40 years take ago. a good cut off of what they make. Yes, they do. Because they they're, are working in capitalism. Minimum 10%. Yeah. Minimum 10%. But most you're of these guys are your agent. 10% hey, Mike, to your file. Go ahead. They're not fight. They're not financial planners. They're over there cutting deals for these. But we can teach them when right. you have when you have the resources like the Kelly School of Business at your disposal. Why would you not want to teach these kids? And why would the NCAA? I would say you would have to ask say, Indiana that. Indiana University could require that from their players coming in, but they don't. But but I mean, Purdue Purdue's an agricultural school. It's got the Cranard School of Business. I no. mean, every every university has a school of business that would teach these kids how to utilize. And they can, money. but they don't, Steve. This is not on the kids. That's this should not I'm keep the kids the from getting. Is. So it's what I'm saying, the problem is this: most fans don't care about the kids at the end. They care about the name on the uniform. Most of these colleges, they only care about the nineteen billion dollars they're getting, or the fifty thousand dollars a year they're getting from a regular student. It's a business to them. But when we're going to make it a business for the players so they get paid, well, then, oh, fuck, it's a game. That's my issue with this. Because everything to fans and administrators, well, it's about the love of the game. But it's Brian, not. Did, did, did Mike just use a nasty word? No, I used the F word. <laughs> yeah, that's a nasty word. Yeah, because it fits. I mean, it's to me, that's what it is. It's like. I forget what movie it was, but dude's negotiating his contract. And he says, so let me get this straight. He said, every day, you always tell me it's a it's always a game. When I say it's a business, then you say it's a game. And I mean, this is just pay the kids. I mean, this is the thing. Everybody at the start of the NIL predicted that only top 1% of athletes would make any money. The number two paid athlete right now is a gymnast, Livy Dunn, from, U, or from LSU. And if you look at the things that's done from this, women's college athletes, athletes are benefiting. They're not being left behind. You know, there's all kind of, you know, women out there playing at that are making money. There's men's oh, tennis the two highest paid athletes are the two blondes from Miami. Uh, not anymore. Libby Dunn and Bronny James are the two highest paid. Okay. But the other thing is this. We don't have to worry about who's cheating anymore because for the most part, it's out in the open and it's not cheating. The other thing is, most of these athletes are opting to stay in school now. Mike, nobody's disagreeing with you. On so I, I just don't understand I, what the downside is. Okay, well, here's the downside here's is not taking an opportunity to educate them. Oh, fuck. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares oh, about I educating disagree. a basketball player, Steve. They don't. Then, then we we've, we've missed the boat on hiring. We always have, Brian. Right. What do you think? Hey, it's never well, been here, about student athletes. As I said before, ready, fire, aim. That's what the NCAA did. Exactly, with Brian. Okay. Man, I thought I was going to be pounding they you. They had no choice with the Now I'm going to pound no. good passers. Well, you know what? Dead dead another man should never pound another man. Go ahead, Brian. Okay. So here's the deal. As I said, 25 states have NIL laws. Indiana isn't one of them. They have collectives that the university set up. Now, the NCAA is starting to flex its muscle and say, hey, all the rules still apply, which means a lot of these collectives are created by boosters or alumni. Yeah. Alumni are not supposed to be able to talk to incoming freshmen or recruits about anything. Or as we say in California, Sam Giacano lives. Yeah, exactly. So what happens when they... And they've already said that. They came out with revised uh, information on the NIL. And one of the things the NCAA said was that their laws about boosters contacting potential recruits to come to the university still stays the same. So if IU is a collective and it's run by boosters, alumni, then they can't talk to them. Then they're put at a disadvantage. It's not a good program. It was not laid out right from the get-go. And now they're trying to rein it back in. I, I mean, there's a former IU player running the nil program. For yeah, Indiana. Colin Hartman. You're right, Colin Hartman. Colin Hartman. 
who I coached in, in grade school basketball. And you didn't give him financial literacy classes, so you failed. <laughs> he makes oh, more money by the than way, I do right by now. By the way, while you guys are complaining about this, the NCAA last year launched a program to increase student athlete financial literacy. They actually give everybody a class now. I could pull Man. it up if you want to see it. But is they launched mandatory? that over a year Mike, ago. Is it mandatory? Why should anything be mandatory in a free country? I mean, if you don't want to take a financial Good literacy point. class and you're getting paid, you shouldn't have to. Good point. I, I mean, you're be... stupid not to take advantage of it, but I'm just saying. You can't no, make money do something. a good point. Neither Steve or I are disagreeing with you on the concept of players being able to make a living and make some money off of this. No, I'm all for them getting the money. Well, I, I'm, I don't know that you guys are, or at least you, because you're complaining about Isaiah Wong wanting more money. What the hell's wrong with that? He's pretty good. They'd probably be able to give it to him if they didn't spend all their money on their football program. <laughs> and it still you, loses. You, you've opened Pandora's box. It's going to create a lot of problems, especially when you don't have Whoa. states that are on this states or or, or um well, right now, though, has any team had an issue because of their state law? Not yet, but it, oh, they're, start, they're starting investigations. Well, I will bet that before long. I mean, it, this is the thing. You're opening Pandora's box, but we're coming from the wild, wild west. You know, where you've got guys like Bill Self buying players. Roy, I mean, come on. Jim Beheim. We have questions about all these guys in the past. So when you look at all the corruption that's happened in the NCAA over the last 80 years, are we really opening Pandora's box? Are we really making it worse than what it was? I mean, Jerry Tarkanian is not rolling at UNLV, buying up all the best players. John Wooden, you know, you can't have a used car dealership that's illegally giving money under the table to make you look like the golden god of coaches. Okay, so, I mean, what, the what the players at UCLA got is chicken feed. To what these players are getting. I, I don't think it is. I think that if you're 18 years old in 1968 and you're given a brand new car, I don't think that's chicken feed. Hey, my son drives a car from Russell Westbrook Dodge. <laughs> does a Russell Westbrook Dodge? Yeah. Does it close Dodge, down? Dodge like, does it close down in like May and June when the playoffs hit? I've got a Ram truck. It's probably from Russell Westbrook Dodge, too. But, I mean, really, if you look at the NCAA, the NCAA is a scumbag organization filled with crooks. All right? So, the fact that the players are getting Touché, paid now. Mike. And the fact that the NCAA – I hope the NCAA dies a quick and I, I agree. death. Because the NCAA is the issue with college sports. I mean, we've had players before that, you know, it's like Xavier Johnson – I mean, he was actually within the rules to get another year. But, you know, we got to make him beg and grovel at the NCAA, you know, take a knee and beg him to please let me have another year. When it's obvious what the rule is, he should play. And we've seen guys in the past where they tell him, no, you don't have another year of eligibility. Well, the so, rule was if, if you went by the rule, he didn't, he shouldn't have gotten it because he had over 30% of the games. Exactly. And I can tell you this, you can also find people that were under that rule that did not get that year. What right. I'm saying is when you have a rule, there should be, you can have an appeal process. Was it an appeal process or did he just ask them? Well, you'll have to ask Xavier. I don't know all the process. We'll have him as soon as Steve gets him on the show. <laughs> he won't be able to find him on Facebook because he'll spell it with a Z. Xavier? <laughs> But I, I, I'm just saying this. I'm saying when you have an organization that makes $19 million a year, a $40,000 a year scholarship is really probably not fair payment. And also, when you look at it, the NIL and the transfer portal have helped Mike Woodson and the Indiana Hoosiers become relevant probably three years quicker than they would have been able to before. Agree or disagree, Brian? No, I can't argue that at all. So I would say we should probably just be quiet about it and roll with it. Well, eventually it's going to come back and bite us in the ass. No, it's why. Why do you say why? that? Well, I go back to what I was just saying before. Indiana, the state of Indiana, does not have laws on the books in the legislature for NIL. So they do things a little different than other states do, like California. 
So now if they start changing the laws on the collectives, what's going to happen to the collective for IU if they say, hey, Colin Hartman, you can't talk to McBaco before he signs the recruitment letter? That puts us at a disadvantage. Yeah, but that will not happen. Well, I, I, how do you know it won't happen? Because Indiana would just put in a rule then to circumvent it because it's Indiana basketball and the legislators will do what they have to do. Well, then why haven't they done it yet? Because I believe what will eventually happen is I believe that there will be a countrywide law that covers all of this. To oh, serve. we get the federal government involved again. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that, that's a brilliant move. Thing. Let's get no, the federal government the involved. But the federal government nowadays is involved in everything. And there's not a damn thing anybody can do about it because nobody. Except gun control, Mike. They're not involved in gun control. Yeah, they are. They've taken away a lot of rights that never should have been oh taken away. Oh, my God. Kids. Don't go. Don't take this on a sidebar. It's not a sidebar, Steve. There's been plenty of laws made against guns that are all unconstitutional because it says that right shall not be infringed. So we'll move on because it's not a political show. But I am saying this. I don't think the federal government getting involved there by opening. You it have up the right to bear arms in order to form a militia. No. You that don't law know. was written in an era when there was no U.S. military. Really? Yeah. So how do you... Now that we have a U.S. <laughs> army, you, we you no ex... longer need militias. No. Uh, this is the thing, Steve. Thomas Jefferson, John Hare, Hancock, all these guys wrote the same thing. You have a Second Amendment right to protect yourself from a tyrannical government. That's not what the law says. Huh? That's what they said. They're the ones that wrote the law, Steve. They wrote it why they... you have the right to bear arms in order to form a well-established militia. Well, I'll tell you, Steve, if you believe when you sit move there and say... To, move on to... Hold on. Back on to, You're the one that uh, got back on it, Steve, so shut the fuck up and let me talk. Because this is what Brian, did you say the F word again? And I was right with it, wasn't I, Brian? Um, I plead the fifth. <laughs> okay. drinking a fifth. In fact, I, I might tell you right now. I might drink you, a fifth after this when, one. When you sit I, here, I, Steve, and you talk about government overreach, and all we need is the federal government involved, but yet you want to give away the only thing that keeps that government from doing whatever the hell they want to you. That's kind of stupid. And 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 and, and on January sixth, they tried to enact their thing. They and they, they didn't. People Steve. are going to jail for 12, 14 years. And it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Because doing they, nothing. they because established they their right to bear arms. No, they didn't establish their right to bear arms because there were hardly any guns there. All right. Which means all right. it wasn't back, an Back to the nil program. I mean, Let's you just need to quit fucking get your head we'll out of your ass. Brian, did he say the F word again? And I told you to get your head out of your ass. No, he because, said F. There's a difference. Because this is the UCK. Hey, this is the thing. I, I, I think hey. I think that the nil program is a missed opportunity for uh, the NCAA to compromise on the whole process and say, "Yeah, we understand the that NCAA the, is not athletes allowed to have do anything. the right to make money, but let's let's make a requirement that as long as they're in college, they've got um, it." What? It's there. The NCAA launches program to increase student financial aid literacy. Do you want me to pull it up so you can see it on here? Pull it up. Pull it okay. up. I can read it to us. Mike, nobody, I don't, I'm not arguing with you that the idea. Do you see it, what, Steve? Nope. I see the NCAA logo. Yeah. For, do I have to move up or down? Because I can't up. see it. Let's pull it up. Got to go up. It's not letting me move anywhere. Huh. See what y'all are saying. Right there. You can see it. NCAA launches program to increase student-athlete financial aid literacy. Or student financial mandatory program. Why would you have a mandatory program? Are you this much against people's freedom? Does it say mandatory? It just says launches a program. No, it's not mandatory. Because it's okay. not supposed to be mandatory. It if I've got... Be. if I Oh, yeah. It should be mandatory for you to just sit in a class... So some dude can tell you what to do with your money. It should be mandatory in high school. College, you pay to go to. If you don't want to take a financial literacy class, why should you be made to? Okay, but here's the thing. 
as Steve is trying to say, I get where Steve's coming from. I do too, but it's just wrong. I'm not going to mandatorily make somebody do something. It's stupid. It's not when you're 18, when you're 18 and 19 years old, Mm -hmm. you are typically thinking with the wrong head. And I think you all know what I mean. Yeah, I don't see what this does. But yet you can go fight in a war if the government tells you to. Okay, but you're not going to get millions fighting in a war either, are you? But, you know, there are a lot of 18 and 19-year-old kids that come out that are brilliant that get really good jobs, and nobody makes them have to take financial literacy classes because they're white, so everybody figures they know everything. Okay, so you, but you basically said the university degree is worthless. In a lot of cases, yes, in most cases. But like this, if I don't have a scholarship. What's, what's the tuition for IU now? Hundred twenty thousand for four years. Hundred twenty thousand? Is that for four it? years? For four years. Four years. Yeah. Hold on. It's about thirty thousand a year. Yeah. Which you have a hundred and twenty thousand dollars is not enough to pay Trace Jackson Davis. No, he makes a million dollars a year. Yeah. Which is fine because he deserves okay. it. Trey oh, Galloway is the second highest paid player on IU's basketball team. And he deserved it. Because somebody wanted to pay it to him. It's not that I disagree with the idea. The premise is fine. It was just ill-conceived, ill-laid out, and it's still wrought with problems. The NCAA had no chance, no choice of what to do. Well, no, they were sued, if I remember correctly. They had I agree with Mike. I agree with Mike. They had, they no, had choice. no choice. Because players were going to unionize. I mean, they had to let it go. This was, and the NCAA couldn't really make too many rules or they pissed people off more. Because remember, college football is not controlled by the NCAA anymore, not the top well, 110 programs. What happens when the NCAA? Hey, real quick, out of state tuition at Indiana is $40,000 a year. Okay. Okay. So Mike, let me ask you a question. And in state is 11. What? How long before the players form a union and just say the hell with the NCAA? That's why that they let them do that's this, why they let it go. Not exactly. Yeah, the NCAA is dead, guys. Yeah, this the NCAA three, within yeah. five years it'll be two or three super conferences. There'll be no NCAA. I, and it's I the agree best 100%. thing that can possibly happen. And you think the conferences are going to run it better than the NCAA? I don't think conferences will run it. I think what you'll have is the two or three super conferences will run it. It's what's happening in college football, and college football is getting better. Okay, so let's say there's a super Big Ten, a super ACC, and a super Big 12, and everything else is nothing. ACC's gone. gone. Well, okay. You'll you'll probably have the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big 12, which will be like the Big 40, and the Big 10 will be the Big 40. Okay, so the Big 12 has their rules. The Big 10 has their rules. No, they'll play by the same rules because there will be the only rules allowed in the tournament. It says them because they control all the money. Right. And TV will no longer go to the NCAA. They'll go to the conferences. And your NCAA tournament? Look how much money, Brian. Probably will include teams like Florida Atlantic. Yeah, look how much money the conferences make now. They make more money than the NCAA. Well, they make more than that, but they're close. Yeah, because well, they got they got the, the TV rights, right? Yeah. Exactly. They they control the, the narrative. I mean, NCAA's this all started hanging on by Jimmy Chin right now. This all started with what the CFA, the College Football Association, back in the uh-huh. mid '80s. That's when the NCAA basically lost control of college football. Well, Mike, is it fair to say this all started with Notre Dame? It started with the CFA, which is what turned Notre Dame, since they were an independent, into looking for their own TV contract in the early with, 1990s. With NBC, that's and they just said. their own contract. What did you say, Brian? That's what he just said, though. Notre Dame started it with their no, the CFA started it. The CFA started it because that forced Notre Dame to go get their own TV contract because they weren't in a conference. Notre Dame belongs to the, the ACC except for football. Yeah, where they'll belong probably to the Big Ten in the next two or three years. Five years at most. Yeah, they'll join the the Big Ten. They're not going to have a choice. Because, I mean, they could end up getting blocked out of playing in the playoffs for college football. Well, okay, let's assume for a minute you're correct, and you guys got a good point. But until the NCAA does get broken up, it's still the NCAA's ballgame. No, because the, the, the other ones will just take their balls and leave. Exactly. I agree with Mike. The NCAA is screwed here, like big time. 
if you look back at the history of the last five years and the lawsuits and the threats of unionization, I mean, it's really hard in this country when you're bringing in $19 billion to justify not letting the players. Like I said, is there any other line of work where you don't get paid for your name, image, and likeness? Except they're not workers. They're a student. But they're not. They're workers because no, they're workers, their Brian. money is being made off of no. them. They're workers. I, Brian, I, I, don't know I was that in the end of the for a short I don't know that I would have gone and, to college had it not been for basketball. Yeah, I'd have never gotten near college. I, I don't know that I would have. Honest to God. Okay. Yeah. Steve wasn't and, going for the degree. Steve was going to play basketball. He got to the exactly. degree. But this is the thing. In 1981, and what, what it cost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in 1981, the car, the amount of money they were making was nothing like today. So, yes, the scholarship was worth the payment. But once you get to, like, past 1995 and the billions of dollars start rolling in, those are workers. I mean, you're paying them for a scholarship when the scholarship's worth $8,000 a year. You know what I mean? But now the scholarship's worth out-of-state thirty-eight grand. How can you justify only giving them a scholarship when you're making $19 billion? And the other thing is this. You are now paying players in every sport, you know, and it has improved the women's game. You know, it's improved the viability of women's college basketball. WNBA, they'll never be able to do shit about that. But women's college basketball, the ratings, I mean, 10 or 11 people watch a national, 10 or 11 million people watch a national championship game. And those women that were the best players are not going to the WNBA. Why? Because they make more money staying in college. And I think that's awesome. You know, then they don't have to do a Brittany Griner and go across, go somewhere else to make their money. They can actually, and no, I mean, you can smile, but I mean, I don't like Brittany Griner. I think that she's an ugly man. But when I look at that, I mean, they're getting paid what they're worth in college. All right. The Caitlin Clark, Ashley Reese. I mean, people come to pay them. They are people come to see them play. They pay money to see them play. The TV revenue will now go up because of Caitlin Clark and the Reese girl from LSU. So because that revenue money is going up and it's because of basically those two women, shouldn't they get a cut of that or have the right to use their own name, image, and likeness to get a cut of that? Or should we just say, no, this big corporation should just keep all this money and screw these players? Because the other thing they'll do is, I know we did the show four or five years ago with that one girl, Mary, who complained that she should never get paid. And she's like, well, all these programs lose money. They don't lose money. They put the money all back into the program to show that they're losing money. So, I mean, it's a shell game to make it look that way. But I can also say this. We have seen in the last two years a lot more underdog stories in college basketball. Even in college football, you had Cincinnati make it to the Final Four two years ago. This, is even, cool. this is even the playing field. And it's how, given how, more say, how can this even the playing field long run? If you, you have haven't seen that, because you, you can get money going to Florida Atlantic. And if you're the you best just player. Said, if you take it to it as, as you've said, and you end up with three mega conferences and you throw the NCAA out. Yeah. What happens? Well, that's what's going to happen anyways. But what happens to all the small schools? The small schools are screwed. Right. They but have- that, means, that means that, you know, Vanderbilt might be able to get some players in football. And the thing is this, there's nothing you can do to stop that. Because if you are paying the TV rights for college football, do you really want to give any money to... Miami of Ohio to play Ohio? No. You just sink all the money into Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, and just roll from there because they uh, get TV Mike, rates. Mike, is that true? Because the, the NCAA loves underdogs. I mean, they live no, they for Florida Atlantic. I don't think they do. I, oh, I, think, I think they, they hate do. that shit. No, they love I, that story. Look at the TV ratings. Just uh, compare the TV ratings to if you get Duke versus Kentucky in the national championship game. I think they love underdogs the first weekend. I I think those days are gone, Mike. I I think Duke versus Kentucky, it's not that big of a game anymore. 
Oh, it is if they're playing in a national championship game because those fan bases will all still be there. This it's last like, this last tournament, I think the, the the final game was one of the lowest rate uh, rated. Yeah, I think it might have been the lowest ever, and that was with an underdog, yeah. San Diego State. Right. And the Final Four was so. I mean, this is the thing. It is great for people to actually love the sport like us, but for people that are just random people and are sitting there on a Monday afternoon. And they're scrolling through the TV guide things. Oh, there's a national championship game. It's UConn against San Diego State. Shit, I'll go watch Yellowstone. But if they're scrolling down through and it says, well, it's Duke versus North Carolina. This Dude. was proven last year by Duke and North Carolina's ratings in the final four game they played against each other. Yellowstone's doing a marathon right now of all the episodes. Five seasons of Yellowstone. What's that Today? On Paramount. I gotta I'm, go. <laughs> I know. I'm watching it for like the eighth time. Well, are we gonna since we can't solve this one? Are we gonna go to the yeah the transfer portal? portal transfer portal. Um, I well, I I, I think this. I, I and this is what I know as a player in 1978 to 81. Um, I thought that my scholarship. When I look back on it, my scholarship was worth what i was getting yeah. out of the program i agree too i, just... I agree uh, now but the, the uh, indiana when we won the championship in 81 i think the university got five hundred thousand yeah, dollars from they the should NCAA. have gave each a ten thousand dollar bonus and we had to give a part of that to the big 10 so we basically got our travel expenses covered and a couple hundred grand for Indiana winning in 1981. Yeah. And I, th I thought that my $40,000 scholarship, which is probably what it was in 1981, was worth it. I, I, I thought I was fairly compensated. Um, I also know that we got a per diem money um, when we went on the road. And, and we got cash handed to us. And that was legit. I mean, did it was, you have financial literacy classes to know how to use it? No, we did not have financial literacy classes. <laughs> <laughs> but I took, I was going to the Kelly School of Business um, and I had somewhat of an understanding of how to, uh, but that, that was not the kind of money that you could invest. But yet there were a lot of guys on our team that when the plane landed and they got in their cars, um, and they, they went right to Karma Records and, you know, bought records with that money. They did not invest it, did not do anything with the $75 a day that you got. Um, you ate at McDonald's every day for about seven bucks, right? I took my girlfriend out to Buttersworth, which was a nice restaurant and, you know, she could have a glass of wine. I couldn't because everybody knew I wasn't of age. Um, but but so be it. Um, you never went to that German restaurant over there by the married dorm? They always served underage people. Oh, what was the restaurant called? Oh, God. Something house. Hey, guys. I, I'm yes. looking at this. And the deal that was signed... For the Big Ten for their TV rights, seven yeah. billion dollars last yeah. year. Yeah, the Big Ten. And the thing is, this that's why these are going to go to two or three super conferences. Because why do you every, think everybody wants to join the every, Big Ten? Well, no, it's the Big Ten wants to do that because each team they add, that money goes up, which is in the deal. Yeah. So okay, I, mean, I, I live out here in Los Angeles. I'm going to get two IU games a year. In my out here in LA, the Rose Bowl is 25 minutes from where I live. Yeah, but and I'm going to get IU playing USC and UCLA. I'll say so. The Big Ten gets seven billion, Mike. What does the NCAA get out of that? Nothing, NCAA gets nothing out of that. That goes okay. straight to them. And the NCAA still makes their 19 billion dollars exactly. Okay, so the hey, and how about this? The, the Big Ten doesn't even have the biggest TV contract. That's SEC does? Is it the SEC? I'm pretty sure. I'll look it up real quick. I would think the Big Ten does, Mike. 
But they, all have their net, they all have their networks, the Big Ten network, the SEC. I think the Big Not Ten anymore. The Big Ten has switched. Yes. The Big Ten will be over like three or four networks now. I think Big Ten makes more than the SEC. Well, I'm just saying, the con- you're talking about a TV contract on – TV contract. So the, the NCAA Big Ten doesn't get that. Yeah. I have no problem. I have no problem with the players getting paid what they get paid. I mean, look at Colin Hartman. Oh, here's a guy. What would he be doing if he wasn't involved with the nil program for Indiana? And He'd I'm, be selling I'm guessing, drugs like you did. I'm, I'm guessing Colin makes six <laughs> figures easily for the nil program. Oh, I don't. I don't doubt it. I don't. And, doubt and it. bless his heart, you know. Bless his heart. But the dirty little secret is, is most guys, when they grow, especially if they're stars at IU, come on, Steve, you got help getting your first job, right? Um, no, actually, I did not. I actually just applied online and took a job with Pfizer, and the rest is history. It was a great career. You didn't put your ring in the picture of the resume? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. All right, it looks like the SEC is eight million. The what? The SEC is eight million. So they're right next to each other. And see, that's why the Pac 12 screwed, because I think the Pac 12 is like under a billion. Yeah, the Pac 12 is going away. Yeah, the Pac 12 is dead. What you'll have is the Pac 12 will be Big Ten West. When USC and UCLA leave the Pac 12. Hey, and by the way, Brian, I'm not saying that I support that. I don't like the two or three conference thing because it does take away the underdog thing. Right. But you're also going to take a lot more schools like Cincinnati that were in smaller conferences that will now go to bigger conferences because they've been good. So, I mean, there's good things, there's bad things. And really, in college football, there ain't more than. Well, Mike, teams that really Mike, Mike, address address what what the NCAA tournament did back to back Final Four or championship games for Butler. Well, I, I mean, mean everything the raises map. the amount of kids they're going to apply to go to your school. Yeah, I mean the, the the president of Butler University said their enrollment applications multiplied infinitely. Yeah, I mean, don't look at what happened with Florida yeah. Atlantic this year. Florida Atlantic and San Diego State all had huge increases after going to the Final Four. And that, by huge increases, you can look that up and find out that, like, the day they found out they were going to the Final Four, the next day on that Monday, their applications from what it normally was would be 10 to 20 times what it was. So, And transfer portal-wise, I've got no problem with the transfer portal. I would like it to be limited to one transfer, and in a second, if your coach leaves – because I don't like this. This guy's been to his third. Well, let's talk about the transfer portal. I mean, we are, are we done with nil? Yeah, are we done with nil? Because we need to be done soon. Because we're hearing it. Oh, we're forty-seven minutes into this. Yeah, thing. but I think we all are basically kind of on the same board here. I think Steve is fine with everybody transferring wherever they want, as long as they don't have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um. The, the the transfer portal, Brian. What do you think about the transfer portal? Well, I kind of agree with Mike. I mean, I I definitely think that the second time, the, there's the only exception should be if a coach is leaving. Otherwise, you can't. I don't think you can just have unlimited transfers. I I think this is just crazy. Hell, I didn't even give you two and no more. I just the the ones that give me are the guys third time because third time they're. Well, yeah, we're, we're talking. That? We're talking to a kid that's done it the third time. Um, the one from UCF, I forgot his name now. The, the guard from UCF. Well, he was at he was at was it Rhode Island, and then he went to Pitt, and now he's at UCF, and he wants to transfer right. as a grad transfer. And really, how about this? I don't have a problem with anybody transferring as much as they want. It's just if I'm a coach. I probably don't want to do it on his third transfer. Put it like that. Well, then then institute the one year again. You sit out for a year. Well, I I don't want to do that either because they'll never make a coach sit out a year for leaving someplace. Yeah. And he's already under contract. So really, if I look at how I really feel about it, I mean, I'm good with it. 
I just would not want a kid that has been that many places. You know, it's kind of like if you get married and you know, never mind. So what does that do to high school recruiting? Y'all didn't get that, did you? Huh? No. What's it do to high school recruiting, the transfer yeah. portal? Yeah. What do you mean, what's it do? I think it has a negative impact on high school recruiting. Well, I think this. Any transfer portal can have that negative impact, but that's life. And, I mean, still, if a kid is good, this kid's leaving here. Somebody's got to take his spot. I mean, you can't limit people's ability to move and go where they want. Uh, exactly. Brian, whose problem is that with a high school transfer wanting to change? Is that your problem? No, because I'm saying you love, you love IU. No, and, I'm saying you say, I don't want Steve Risley to leave Indiana. No, he wanted you to go. Nobody ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> we were all thinking it, though. I were all yeah. thinking it, but that's that kid that lost it. That that, kid that's that your problem. That's not Steve. No, what I'm, what I'm saying is if, if you have unlimited transfers, Coaches are going to start mo moving more towards the portal and less for recruiting high school yeah. players. It's already yeah. happened. It, it has already happened. But that's because it is open right now. So what Brian's saying I is, I, mean, Brian, I, I think what Brian's saying, he wants to rein it back a little bit. He's all right with one transfer, maybe not two. But I think this, I think we do this. I think we let them transfer once if they want. And we put in a rule that coaches, if they've signed a contract, can't leave the contracts. Done. No, you can't regulate it, Mike. You I can regulate a coach leave. leaving with a contract, Steve. There's no contract. With the coaches? Yeah, there is. The hell all right. There's no contract with the players. No, not right. a binding There's no contract. contract with the players. Yeah, it's not a binding contract. So, if they yeah, want to go, they go. That's fine. Yeah. I, mean, I think it is too. I'm just saying, as a coach, I wouldn't want a guy that has been to UCF one year, Duke the next, and then he wants to come play for me. I'm well, going to take that as a bad decision. way. Yeah. So that's what that's I'm a saying. coach's decision. Do I want that kind of environment on my program? Um, I think I Brian's mean, not a capitalist, Steve. Back when I played, of course, I don't think Steve is either. I'm not even touching that. That's much there was loyalty, and we won a championship really. my senior year. Um, yeah, four years of gutting it out with IU and Bob Knight, and you know we we won a national championship. And but if you were if you were unhappy, if you were unhappy, and you told Knight you were unhappy, he'd help you move, right? Yeah, he'd say That's the way it should be. He'd so say get the Knight spot out of here. I won't use the f word that Mike uses. There was many guys. <laughs> there was many guys that Knight moved. He would have said get the spot out of here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, is you should have the freedom to do and go and be where oh, you I want and be entirely happy. there. I'm just so saying, there should be, I wouldn't touch it. So you should there's there should be no limitations, nothing on transferring. Why should there be limitations Why on where you want to go to college? Yeah. Well, I'm a you're a freshman and you're coming in and you don't get the minutes you think you should your freshman yeah. year. You well, should be able to transfer. Yeah, you should. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe the coaches. Brian, wrong. people overshoot. I mean, th there are people that just realize I'm in over my head here. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not good enough to be playing in this program. Mike Lafave was the 12th man for our basketball team. Yeah, what's wrong if he wants to go to Northern State. Kentucky the next he year? He left. He got a championship ring his freshman year, and then he went to Ball State and played mm -hmm. and was a good player at Ball State. He realized that he just was in over his head. Uh, at IU, there were there were better talented players coming in. Why should Mike not get to enjoy the college experience? Uh, we 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 want to take it out of the hands of the players and put it in the hands of the Bryans of the world that, that oh, are now, fans. Oh, now we're starting. Say, to... <laughs> you can't leave IU. Hey, you, you both know, were arguing with me to hold it. Never daunted, we're unrelenting. We benefit from the portal. We have yeah. benefited from the portal. Hey, and the thing is this, I think what Steve is saying is this. For the most part, most guys that transfer is My wife is on they the sidelines coaching me right now on what to say. She She's is what? giving me sign language. Like there's no, and a lot of it is this. Like, yeah, I'm giving you sign language too. I just didn't put it on the screen, Steve. <laughs> you know what? If we're on this show, you pull your pants back up, Brian. I, 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 I think a you player get should that, be able to come and go as yeah. he chooses. 
when it's your a finger business now. It's no longer it's no longer a commitment, a four year commitment to go to college anywhere. You don't live in the district boundaries of, of high school, uh, where you live in that geographical area. You go to Lawrence Central and you play for Lawrence Central and you play Lawrence North, North Central. Yeah. Uh, well, I think this, that's Brian, all gone. Brian, it, what if what if you're a normal student? Should you be allowed to transfer whenever you want? Yeah, you can. Right, oh, but you're also paying the university to go there. Yeah, the university is not paying you to go there. Not if, if you're, you're a scholarship, player. if you're a scholarship oh, chair yeah. at any school, hey, I can tell you this: there is not one school that is losing money from giving a scholarship to a basketball or football player. No, Never you're exactly that. right, Mike. So, I mean, it's not like they're going to lose any capitalism, money. Capitalism is you make $5 an hour or $10 an hour, and I, as the owner, make a couple hundred dollars an hour. So how's that fair? That's not capitalism. That's capitalism. No, because this is the thing. If you're making 200 and I'm making 5 though, and I find out you're making 200 and you're only paying me 5 then I'm going to go somewhere else to get more money. That's capitalism. And if you're against that movement, then you're against freedom in America. And this is almost the Fourth of July, Brian. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> you're just being a J E R K. <laughs> I don't spell real good, but I think you just spelled genius. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap it up because I, I, I got ribeye steaks that should be ready about now. But. Um, before we wrap it up, well, I, I would say maybe next week we'll get together maybe on Wednesday and do a little IU show. Well, let's talk, we'll talk recruits. about the new man. recruits coming we'll talk, in. Yeah, and... we'll talk about recruits that they're recruiting for the next couple of years, too. So if you guys oh, yeah, are good with that, we will do that. We can do it Sunday even if you guys want to. But we'll figure out what day we're going to do it. We'll retweet it. Make sure you follow us at Grueling Truth. Make sure you check out BetMGM to bet on all your baseball games right now. Ain't much else going on, but football's coming. <laughs> so, football's so Brian, does your loyalty lie with Indiana or with the player, the student-athlete? Indiana. We all do. I mean. My loyalty or my belief system? Uh, yeah, a good question. Um because it's my belief system. I'm a purist. I kind of think of the old school way. Of, you should hey, use people. Okay. Yeah, use people. Right. It's a capitalistic way. I mean, it is, though. It is. But it's also the capitalistic way if that's being done to you. I would, to go I would argue yours is more socialism. I want more money. I didn't do anything but work for you. You made the investment, so I'll take your money. So but you're they're actually not, they're not making they're socialism. socialism is your way, Brian. Yeah, capitalism no, is is Mike's way. Capitalism, everybody gets paid. Socialism, gets paid. only you're, the person in charge. Does. Put it like this: If you look at any communist society or socialist society, the rich, the, the disparity between rich people and poor people is even bigger than it is in a capitalist society, because because you have control, because basically you're human chattel. You're slaves, and that's it. You know, well, if you want to play for me, you're going to have to do it this way. And I just prefer it not to be that way. And like I said, I agree with you. Your way, the old way was better. But the old way, one a bunch of dudes, one a bunch of schools making $19 billion. Well, okay, but what difference does it make how much a school or a conference makes? I mean, you're arguing on both sides. Because you're making the money off the players. And this is the thing. I don't even think it's about that. I think it's about this. How can you tell somebody that they can't get paid for their own name, their own image, and their own likeness, but the school can? That is communistic. That is socialism. It's slavery. I I never said in this conversation that I was against the players making money. I never said no. I agree with Brian. So you don't complain about him making money, but you're against it. No, I'm what I'm against is how loosey goosey this thing was set up. Dude, there's and no other way to have it because the NCAA was so corrupt. I mean, I there really was nothing else you could do. I think uh, Mike, more- Mike, let me ask you a question. I'm sorry we're going kind of a little over and we're kind of yeah, I'm hungry. Is the NCAA going away? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a great thing. The NCAA has been a destructive really? force. It's a bit against the know. kids. 
It has. It's been against the kids. It's hurt kids. I mean, look at look at the rulings the NCAA has made. Look at the people they've let cheat and the people that they've punished. You know, it's not a fair system. And I think this, I think if you just let the conferences run it, the conferences are about making the money. And they don't care if the kids make the money or not because the kids' money does oh, not oh. affect their money. Okay. And that's the okay. big thing, I think. But you think conferences can do as good as the NCAA? I don't. I think that probably five dead people in a rock could do better than the NCAA. Uh, I don't know. I agree with you there. Well, then that's disgusting because they are a basically a communist corporate greed. It's all horseshit, and I mean they take advantage of the kids. And if you look at the college bowl system. And the college bowl system, the reason you would never get a college football playoffs until the other organization reached in and took over was because of all the shady shit that went on. Look at HBO Real Sports with Brian Gummel like 10 or 12 years ago did a, a an in-depth feature with undercover reporters on the NCAA. And the way they decided who got bowl games, who got into the bowls, they were all getting paid. It was like the International Olympic Committee or FIFA. The soccer thing that are all corrupt as hell. So I think anytime you can eliminate a corrupt organization is a good thing. I think the bad thing will be, I think it will, unless they change it so basketball, you can still be in it in the tournament, which they may do. But for football, it's been a great thing. The NCAA doesn't have control because now in two years, we're going to have a playoff system with 12 football teams in it. You'll actually get a true national champion for the first time in college football history. What do you think, Steve? I think that the NCAA is a necessary evil. They just need to retool. How is, how I, is I think evil necessary ever? I still think you need to have one governing body. I think the federal government for our country is good in, in general. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it out that they need to retool. <laughs> and, and that goes into your theory of Thomas Jefferson said we need to overthrow our government every, every 20, 50 years. Every 50 years is what he said in his biography. Right, and true. exactly. And I agree with that. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolute power, yeah. And So anytime NCAA, you can overthrow some shit like that, it's a good thing. The yeah, but then you're saying absolute power with the, the formation of these super PAC, super conferences, um, they're losing absolute either power. Way. And they're going to have to retool. But I think but gonna, they, they can. They have the potential to be just as corrupt as the NCAA. Yeah, everybody does, and they probably will be. What's your point? Yeah, and then why why throw one out to create another? Because the other one might be better. I, I, I think I think the, the the power. The same reason people still... vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump or Donald Trump over Joe Biden. It's not because they really think it's a good guy and a good idea. It's because they think it's the lesser of two evils, and the lesser of two evils is still freaking evil. And we're stuck with what we got, but at least the kids get paid now. So when they're done, they have something to show for it. And don't don't shit yourself. If you look at the percentage of NFL or NBA players that truly have a college degree, the numbers would shock you how far below 50% it is. No, I agree with you, Mike, entirely. So yeah. I'm just telling you, I think what they should do, they probably should have like a sports studies curriculum where you can have financial literacy and your major is sports. You can go be a coach or, you know, teach gym class or some shit. But let's quit acting like they're actually students because they're not. I mean, the athlete comes before the student in all cases. That's why during the season, you're not going to class. You're going to study tables. Did race did race and trace and who's a cop? Did they all graduate? Are they going to the NBA? Hmm. Cop isn't. No, cop is it? Neater's race. Right. So but he graduated. Hopefully, hopefully that's not what I'm talking. I just said this. I, I don't know how I could be more specific. I said if you look at guys playing in the NBA or the NFL, give me a percentage of how many of them are going, or how many of them have a degree. And you immediately went to Miller Cop and Race Thompson, who neither well, one no, are going to play professional. You're sports. less. What I'm saying is, is you're lessening the degree. Okay, football is one thing. Basketball is another. You have less players on a team in basketball. Less players are going to get to the NBA in basketball than in I'm just saying overall for both. For both. No, because this is the thing. There's also only 12 guys on a college basketball team. There's 100 guys on a college football team. 
Right. Yeah. So obviously it's going to be more. It's not what I asked because if you look at it, either way you cut it, it's less than 50% in both leagues. So that'll tell you right there, those kids probably didn't go there to get an education. And it'll tell you those schools weren't too worried about it. There's not too many Bobby Knights out there that are like, you can get your ass in the classroom. Well, I'm sure, yeah. This day and age, probably. No, it it wasn't. Unless you all forget, the one thing that these college kids are getting is an opportunity to get a free education. Wow. And I, I shudder to think, had my mother, who was a single mother, just go ahead at Sylvester Stallone. Hello. Actually, have you watched his show, uh, show. Sly and the Family Stone? No, I have not. It's very good. It's on Paramount. Well, I got Paramount, so I'll have to look it up. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really good. His daughters are gorgeous. Well, see, I think I think you knit. You and I are a little you bit. Get a free education. I, I got. I, I got still think that's worth something. I, I still I, think nothing that's worth something. Did Mike leave? It looks like it. Well, we're taking over the show. Oh, the hell with Mike then. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I still think the education is worth something. I think the education is the ultimate prize of what these kids get out of it. Uh, I mean, those that can garner the money, more power to them. Right. I mean, if they, if they, but that's the thing, Steve. If they make eight million, eight million dollars, or two million dollars, or whatever, while they're in college, what happens afterwards? You know how many people blow money when they when they make a lot of money? Ninety percent of them, probably, Brian. Would you agree? That blow the money? Yeah, they'll. But but, God, they had it to blow. Yeah, but then what I mean, do they? How many limb biases are there in the world? Right. You know, who signs a, a, a multi-year deal uh, with the Boston Celtics and then goes and cocaines himself to death right. the day after the draft, you know. Right, but that's my but point. That, that, what uh, right. Steph Curry's, who went to uh, where? Moorhead State or where did he go to? It was some little school. I remember some that. Some little school, you know, and he's he's the greatest star in the NBA, arguably, right now. But if if – if you're so, you try you tried out for the pros, right? Yeah, I was drafted by Phoenix. Right. So you didn't make it as a star in the NBA, but if you didn't have that degree, it'd be a lot different story. You wouldn't be seeing where you're at right I went now. To work with Pfizer and had a great career. Right. All right. Hey guys, we got to wrap it up. I have an emergency. We were having a great conversation till you came back, Mike. Well, I yeah, we were really doing good, Mike. You just get off the phone and go eat your dinner, do your own shows. But we're doing fine without you. Well, yeah, but the problem is you have no way to stop the show at any point, so you guys will have to stay on there for the rest of the night. Uh, Brian, I could talk forever. All right, guys, we're gonna have to wrap it up. I want to thank Brian and Steve again. Make sure you follow us hey, at Grilling Happy Fourth of July. And for now, for Brian, red, white, blue one. For Brian Moore, Steve Risley, I'm Mike Goodpastor. You've been watching and listening to the Grilling Truth, where the legends speak. Boom, man.